What's up, what's happening? Welcome to episode 18 of the Yankshaft F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me as always from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we've got Ian. What's up, guys? From the nation's capital, we've got Johnny Gomes. How you doing? Hey, hope everyone's doing well. Well, doing better than um, than I did on Sunday, that's for sure. Um, it was after a long break um, in between Formula One races. Um, looks like we're going to have to wait wait just one more week to see an actual Formula One race. Um, we got a lot of good action in, in qualifying in, um, in Belgium this week, but um, alas, no race on Sunday. Um, points were still awarded, but kind of a bummer. I sat there with my laptop open on the stream for like two and a half hours, um, just listening to the announcers um, commentate like the Red Bull pit crew playing rummy um, and watching uh, the the technical analyst uh, was explaining bocce ball that the marshals were playing at one point. Like it was just kind of kind of a mess. Like what? How, how was this experience for you guys? Did you guys watch the entire thing? Or? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, just I wanted to get up and do something else. Uh, I was actually in the nation's capital as well this past weekend, wow. and that's a you know flex on the uh, traveling here. But um, yeah, no, it was just I had to sit and watch and wait for the FIA to give something, and it was just. We got a little bit of a tease when they said 10 minutes to go or we're racing in 10 minutes and then it's just nothing. So it was it was like the uh, the pilots when you're on a delayed plane and they keep saying like, yeah, I should have yeah. you off the ground here in a few minutes. We'll, we'll update you in 15. And then 30 minutes, 30 minutes the later, it's another <laughs> delay. They just keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I missed most of qualifying because I had a bit of a drive to survive myself uh, driving up from Florida all weekend. You all up 95 <laughs> for 60 hours. <laughs> so uh, once I finally got to sleep in, I woke up late Sunday and I was thinking to myself, oh, damn, I missed half the race already. Here we go. And then lo and behold, everyone's just sitting in the, <laughs> in the pit lanes, sitting on their thumbs, just waiting for this race to start. So um yeah glad i didn't i guess i did miss most of the action this weekend but <laughs> you i didn't miss saturday miss, you missed it didn't miss the race so um oh man there's a, a lot to get into to say the least yeah we we will get into that i'm gonna start with uh basically we're just gonna treat like qualifying as the as the race here i know you, you weren't able to watch it but i was i was texting you guys um during it it was um a lot of fun lando norris um was at the top of top after Q2, I believe. And then he, I mean, he was looking fast. Um, the rain starts to come down a little harder. He crashes um, coming out of Eau Rouge into Radion, a nasty crash. All of his tires were kind of like popped off of the car. Um, so they red flagged the incident. When we, the dust finally settles, um, everyone's out there. George Russell near the end of the session goes provisional pull for like a solid 45 seconds and then max Verstappen, the last guy out on the track that could beat him ends up taking pole from him by like three tenths but he he beat lewis hamilton he beat valtteri bottas he beat everyone um the mercedes did not look good in qualifying but it showed george russell going purple in sector one and i kind of sat up a little bit and then it showed he went purple in sector two and i was like all the way leaning up out of my chair and then he was george russell was on pole with one one guy left to to cross the finish line, like did we ever like we know he's a good driver, um, but I guess it kind of took the rain to do that. Like how how incredible of a of a performance is that? Like I know it's surprising, but are we do we have the proper context for this? I think yes and no. Um, I think that there's 
you know, people don't understand, like when George Russell goes to Mercedes, he's going to do very, very, very well. And he's going to win a lot of races. And we're going to complain about how, oh my God, another week where George Russell is wins the race and, you know, 2023 or 2024 or whatever. So I'm happy that he finally, people kind of got a taste of what he can do. I was driving an actual Williams car and, you know, when the stars align for him, this is what can happen. But I mean, George Walsh, he's an extremely talented and extremely good driver. And, you know, next year is going to be a whole lot of fun for him. I have a feeling. Yeah, certainly. He's so much fun to watch. And, you know, I, I missed the qualifying live, but I went back and I watched clips of everything and, and to see his excitement and, his, and just the pure joy in his voice, like, when when he's on the the radio with his team afterwards and you know it, it's it's good to see that that happen for him and oh man you, you hope because he's clearly talented right like we knew he's had this in him all along but he really did put like the lap of a life, lifetime together this yeah. past weekend and um it culminated in something really awesome and uh yeah glad to be a part of it yeah, it was, I mean, that was some of the most fun I've had. I've had watching F1 all year. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like we know he's talented, but that, that was just absolute next level driving. Um, and for all the bad luck that he's had um, to just kind of end up P2 and then not having to even race and he gets his first podium. Like it, it felt like he got uh, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of luck back on um, back on his side. After qualifying, we had um, a few grid penalties handed out. It was Valtteri Bottas and uh, Lance Stroll got their penalty from Hungary, where they took out half the grid um, in turn one. Um, So that knocked uh, Bottas out of the top 10. Um, And then we had um, uh, Lance Stroll move further, further back down. And then Lando Norris, because they had to fix his demolished car, um, he received a penalty as well. So he was set to start, I believe like 14th or 15th. Um, and then on the way out to the grid on the reconnaissance lap for the supposed race start, Sergio Perez bends his car into a wall. Um, so there's no way that car would have been able to actually take place in a race unless you delay that race by three hours. Um, so he was able to actually get his car back out onto the grid, but you know, lack of an actual race, he he still finished finished in the end there. Like Charles Leclerc ended up finishing this race eighth place despite qualifying eleventh um, and not passing anyone during the race. Um, so just a just a weird weird week all around. I guess to try to kind of explain what happened, they started the started the race, red flagged it, um, waited two hours. The weather didn't improve. Then they paused the three-hour timer, like, countdown that they have to complete the race, um, restarted it, um, the, the race, under a safety car, did two laps because that's what you need to classify it as a race, technically. Um, no one was allowed to pass because they were behind a safety car. Um, and then they red flagged it again, and that was all she wrote after three-plus hours um, of sitting there waiting I think that, that this rule's got to change, right? Like in my mind, it's designed so that they don't didn't have to give refunds to the fans. They can be like, "Hey, technically, you saw a race, you know? Like, yeah, two laps. It's classified as a race, but that that wasn't a race, right? Like, they, why are we going through this procession? If we just want to give half points out for qualifying results, basically, we should just do that, right? 
yeah, I mean, you can't even call it a race. We were behind a safety car the whole time and there yeah, was no, no one can pass. So it's yeah. like, it's not even a race. And then they just, you know, they have to get in the four laps or whatever the thing is for they can call it a race. And yeah, I just don't see, I, I just don't see why they couldn't postpone it a day or even two days, like, okay, do it, do it Monday morning. Like so the, the problem like, with yeah. that is that almost all of the marshals are volunteers from, you know, that yeah. area. So they all have yeah. to go back to work on Monday and can't, but, you wouldn't have enough people. But it was a bank holiday in Europe. If I'm <laughs> correct. <laughs> if I'm wrong. I, thought, I thought I did my research. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Apparently I, and again, this could be me just talking out of my rear end, but I've, there, I heard rumors of the grapevine that people were <laughs> off on Monday anyway. So uh, I hadn't heard that. That could be completely wrong. I don't quote me on that. If if that's the Wait. case, then if ever there were a weekend yeah. to postpone a race, exactly. It would be that that's, and also Belgium what? to Netherlands. Also, that is, is the like most, a, you know, that is the most lame excuse for oh we can't move the. Re-. That is just an excuse for them not to give refunds to yeah, any I'm of the sure fans. Or that I don't buy that at all. all I'm the sure they can't pay move. a few dozen volunteers minimum yeah, wage like, like for a few hours of work i mean come on oh, i agree what is there no pto in europe either <laughs> jesus no they got yeah, too much the, they're not trying to overwork them. no all that all that red tape and the politicking on, on yeah the, it's it, it's one of the the less enjoyable aspects of the sport yeah they, do, they don't have a backup plan whatsoever it's just you are a you're you're motor racing and you don't have a backup plan for if there's not if it's raining too hard for three hours. You have a three hour window and you have nothing beyond that. That's it. That's it. And and they have now that we're getting access to some of the FIA team radio. Um, I heard this. I heard this on the WTF one podcast. But they like we always just kind of assume that like they kind of knew what they were doing behind closed doors. Um, but now that we can hear them, I mean, the teams are asking them like, so has the race started yet? Like when they were under the the red flag safety car, and they're literally telling them, I don't know. So, but I believe it was Matt Gallagher said, like, we never realized how headless of a chicken the FIA was until we like started being able to hear these team messages. Like, they really have no idea what they're doing. No. And, and it, we, I mean, we perfectly saw it where it's like everybody's like sitting around doing nothing. Lando Norris is sleeping. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we're starting the race in 10 minutes. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, all right, everybody can sprint to your car. And I guess we're like going back. So, okay. That, George no, Russell I was, was like, I was hungry, but I didn't know if I could eat because I didn't know if the race was going to start at any moment. Like, it's, it was just like I at one point, like uh, Karun Shandok asked the teams and they he said he asked six teams what the deal was with the restart. And he got six different answers. Like no one knew what was happening. It reminds me of when uh, Kimi Raikkonen, I think it was in like, oh, nine at the Malaysian GP during yeah. a during a break for some yeah. for some rain. He just goes and starts right in the fridge yep. <laughs> while everyone yeah, else like, is either in their seat like or sitting in their car. Oh, man. I, I just, just iconic. I mean, yeah, they, the FIA needs to, needs to change this rule. I don't think there's any reason to, to even, even behind the safety car, they, they couldn't see the car in front of them. They couldn't see the, the rain lights. Like it's just watching that on screen with all this, the spray and the, and <laughs> from the rain and stuff it's it's absurd how yeah oh man yeah that's that it was in no way a race they were just trying to satisfy their requirements which i think need to change that language is outdated to the point where their president doesn't even um doesn't even really know know what's going on um lewis hamilton uh called it a farce um in his instagram post right after and mostly just kind of 
um, was saying he felt bad for the fans that waited out there. I mean, God, the, shout out the Belgian fans just sitting there. Like yeah. they, they did, they looked completely unbothered every time they did a crowd shot, just sitting on a muddy hill, getting dumped on for three and a half hours. God knows how long they'd actually been there. Um, so that was like Lewis Hamilton was, was mentioning that in every post-race interview that, that he felt bad for the fans. Um, and then I even saw formula one kind of like strategically crop some of his quotes from the interviews so that they could post them talking about, you know, the weekend as a whole, but it was like, you cut off the part where he like craps all over you guys, like five seconds yeah. later. Um, so that's, I mean, now you've got, I mean, you've got half the grid that's like <laughs> up in arms and super pissed about the whole thing. I mean, Fernando Alonso, a guy who, you know, oh, he, finished said, 11. Uh, he was the, uh, the first it, or the, the first idiot. Was, yeah, was what, exactly. he, what he called himself. You know? Yeah, because he couldn't yeah. pass anyone. He had to go out there in eleventh place and just sit now, there. It's gotta suck to be in, like a guy like that on the right on right there on the cusp of uh, a guy who's fighting for points and stuff. To have it all work out that way, you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So when uh, when it all shook out, we had uh, Max Verstappen as your race winner. He takes home twelve point five points. Um, George <laughs> Russell second takes nine. Lewis Hamilton, third, gets 7.5. Daniel Ricciardo pulls out fourth um, because of his qualifying, obviously, um, with six points. Vettel gets five um, in fifth place. Then Gasly gets four. Ocon gets three. Leclerc, again, gets two points despite qualifying 11th and not overtaking anyone during the race. Um, And then Latifi gets a point as well. So both Williams in the points, only one Mercedes in the points. Um, So... Put is, that on your bingo card. Is, uh, is Williams the only two? Is Williams the only team to have drivers in the points the last two weeks? Am I? Am, am yeah, I? Am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. My status is wrong there. Yeah, because Norris, because uh, Norris didn't finish this week, and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that that it has to be true. I haven't fact checked it, but that has to be true. Don't look now. Here comes Williams. They have twenty points now. We said that we said when they got ten Bananas. last week that they were that Bananas. they had locked in eighth place. If, There's no way they're thought, getting cut. If you would have told me Williams had came up with five points this season, I would have thought you were crazy. And now they have twenty. So yeah, ten was ten was the was was the haul of the year, and they they managed to get ten points two weeks in a row. Tired Mercedes, wired Williams. Let's go. You'll love to see it. Before we move on, uh, Ian, you, uh, in our last episode, we're talking about the best radio message of the year was Lewis Hamilton saying he's got so much rear end to uh, Checo. We have to correct that. We had a great one. So I almost, I, the thing with Lewis Hamilton is that I know he said that, I know that was a radio message, but he's got this weird thing about people going to the bathroom. And that's like, he almost fired a, a pilot, a personal pilot, or freaked out on his pilot for going to the bathroom. I'm, I swear it's real. Your your research this week with the European bank holidays and, and Lewis it was, in, it was in the UK. Bathroom, but yeah. Lewis Hamilton his distaste missed, for fecal matter. He yeah, he has the strongest taste for people going number two. He almost fired a pilot on his personal plane for doing that. And then there was a supermodel that he dated that used his bathroom and she freaked and he freaked out on her. So this like Hamilton making a big deal about somebody going to the bathroom and him walking in, like somehow is like everyone else's mind's blown. I'm kind of back there like, okay, this actually is what I expect out of Lewis Hamilton. He's got and, a weird yeah. thing on people going to the bathroom. And and I mean in a certain way, it's just, hey, we had a really, really rich guy go into public porta potties. Which, yeah, exactly. if you've never been in a pub, well, I, I guess it wasn't completely public. It was for it was for like mostly like paddock use. But 
I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that are that are are going in those, and we're all we're all used to that. We we know how to handle it. You 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 put your shirt over your nose. You keep your eyes down. Yeah. You know. You, you can't you necessarily look. courtesy flush in one of those. <laughs> no, yeah. you just yeah, no, yeah. off <laughs> loudly. Like, I don't know what you do. And just to get this official quote out here, uh, I'm happy I went to the toilet, but the one I went to, someone had dropped an absolute bomb. The worst <laughs> thing ever. It's going to haunt me for life. Hey, that could get you in trouble someplace. Do you know how days. bad something has to be to haunt a Formula One driver for life? For life. Like, that, that man's seen just, some stuff. The man races 200 miles an hour, and he's haunted by it. A French cameraman, allegedly. Oh. It was it was a French a French TV worker. Bad rep to us cameramen, you know? We're going to start start getting shunned My out to the, the worst porta-potties. Oh man, um, had to had just had to get to that. Amy Raikkonen gave us a, a nice little <laughs> uh, uh, radio clip this weekend too. Which one? Did he not the one when he uh, clipped the wall going into the? <laughs> oh yeah, on set. That was on <laughs> in qualifying. What are you gonna say? Like, oh, my bad. Oh, I hit the wall. Oh guys, I hit the wall. <laughs> Oh man. oh, man. So, yeah, segue in that Kimi Raikkonen announces his retirement from Formula One um, at the end of at the end of this season. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Iceman will will finally be leaving, opening up that that uh, Alfa Romeo seat. Um, speaking of Kimi Raikkonen radio messages, I, uh, I have a little compilation of some of my favorites here that I'm going to put on. behind you is Alonso. I'll keep you updated on the gap. I'll keep you updated on the pace. Need to keep working all four tires, please. Keep working all yes, four yes, tires. Yes, 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 I'm doing all the God, I love that man. Legend. Kimmy, keep working all four, keep working all four <laughs> tires. I'm doing all time. Leave me alone. Come on. Alonso, Alonso's behind you. I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> Man, they they don't make him like like the Iceman anymore. Gosh, yeah, just iconic. Let's go through. Uh, everyone, pick pick your your favorite favorite Kimi Raikkonen favorite Kimi Raikkonen moment. Johnny, you mentioned one earlier. Yeah, is, I gave I gave my favorite. That was probably my favorite off track Kimi Raikkonen moment. Just hilarious, super. Oh relatable. yeah, that's yeah, that's all that's all we're doing. Well, well we can tribute his <laughs> his career another day. But yeah. just favorite Kimi Raikkonen personality moment. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be it for me. Well, you kind of you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there, Curtis. But again, my, my favorite just thing involving Kimi Räikkönen is the is the story where there was a performance clause in his contract with Lotus Racing in 2012, where he he had left his team in 2009, gone messed around with NASCAR for a little bit, came back to Formula One. Lotus Lotus became uh, Renault, which now became Alpine. Um, but Lotus decided to get Kimi Räikkönen a two-year contract with a fifty thousand dollar or fifty thousand pound, excuse me, yeah. pounds or euros. Pound. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, so euros, pounds, whatever. Yeah, yeah. pound or euro per point. Yeah, one of your guys' funny money over there. <laughs> and little did they know, in two seasons, Kimi Räikkönen would score a grand total of three hundred and ninety. <laughs> he like almost like bankrupted the team. <laughs> he bankrupted the team. <laughs> That's my favorite story involving Kimi Räikkönen. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta give, give mine to, uh, 
when his car blew up in Monaco in like 06. <laughs> and he just walks off as the race is still going on onto his private yacht where all of his Finnish friends and these models are partying on the yacht. So during the race <laughs> broadcast, it is still going on and they're showing Kimi Raikkonen partying on his yacht. Full race suit and helmet. But in the race suit, just a- absolutely iconic from the ice and every story from him. It's just, a fantastic still shot of him just walking onto the boat, yeah, just yeah. full wearing dressed. the suit. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. With uh, yeah, Kimmy on the back. It's it, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, yeah, every everything that guy says um just just crack cracks me up. Um but him, him him retiring, we he he will be missed, but him retiring will open up a seat at Alfa Romeo. Um Let's just use this to get into all the silly season talk. We kind of mentioned it with George. Are, are we are we all sure that George is going to Mercedes next year? No. I, I think I think yes. I'm, it after, seems the most logical week, I think move. So. I think they would have announced that that Bottas is staying if he was by now. If he doesn't go to Mercedes next season, he's going to go to Alfa Romeo. Dude's leaving Williams, hundred percent. That's it's. 100% leaving Williams, 99% going to Mercedes, 1% going to Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And with Alonso signing a, a, a one-year deal to stay with Alpine through 2022, you know, that's one less seat out yeah. there that's going to be open next year. So. so this is kind of the only domino to really fall yet. Um, so my – the thing that I've seen the most and what I think is is kind of the, the maybe the most likely is – where we all think George to Mercedes is, is kind of a lock at this point. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate about that anymore. And then Bottas replacing Kimmy yes. at Alfa Romeo. Yes. Um, and then dude, I've seen a lot of rumors about Alex Albon coming back either to Williams Ooh. or Alfa Romeo, depending on, cause I, I apparently like Latifi is, and he's had a good run of form. He deserves it. But Latifi is kind of locked in. Um, they don't they don't really need the money from his his, his dad anymore um, with their new investors and everything. But I think Latifi's are in that spot. I think they're they're on there. I read an article saying that, like, they haven't ruled out Nico Hulkenberg possibly what? next year. Like it's, and then it wasn't suggesting that he is the front runner by any means. But it was it was just the Mercedes or the uh, I'm sorry, the Williams uh, bosses have basically been saying we're talking to everyone that doesn't have a contract for next year that we think is a good driver. I really like the Alex Alvin to Williams. That's actually the first I've heard of that. And that seems like a very interesting on a buy low, sell high on a pretty talented driver. And, and that Williams is, is coming up. Good, good news for both parties. The Red Bull. So I could, I could, I would like that Alex Alvin. Alex Alvin and Latifi would not be, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate who's that. Your, who's your driver one right there? That's your team. I mean, is it, is it Alvin? Is it? Huh? I think it's the TV off seniority alone, but I mean, just I, yeah, the, the I think team line and money, you know, to see how it plays out. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you're if you're tied, the rich guy gets is is the number one driver. If everything goes downhill, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm glad we're finally getting some some crazy rumors kind of popping up about this. It'd been like, oh, George to Mercedes, and then Bottas replace Bottas and Will or uh, Bottas and Russell swap, you know, with Williams and Mercedes. Yes. Um, but now with Kimmy. Kimmy retiring, we at least have have you know one seat open to kind of maybe get a, a little bit of rotation. Like the fact that I saw Nico Hulkenberg's name in an article earlier. Like it, yes, this is what I want. This is silly season. It's 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 finally back. I would like to see Mick get off a of Haas though, but unfortunately, I think he's going to be stuck there for a minute. Eesh. 
Yeah, I I can't remember who I saw him possibly linked to, but I did see his name his name in an article this week as well. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think he's going to be stuck there for another year though. Yeah, I, I see Pierre Gasly getting a, a big move, big money move before him. To where though? There's no there's no <laughs> exactly there's no exactly sense. exactly. That's... I mean, I think that I think the Gasly to Alpine eventually needs to happen, but I yeah. just don't know. Is that a deal where Alonso comes? Back one more year, then retires and gas. Because Ocon signed a long. Ocon's signed you got Ocon so it would have to be after twenty twenty two. And I and I think if you're and I think if you're Alpine, you're you know you're a French team. You that two good French drivers. I mean that only makes sense. And then but then again, he's had some success to Rosso. So no, John, to your point. I mean, Gasly's a guy where I could see Gasly going somewhere, or just like completely. Mercedes just decides to just go balls to the wall and said, Mercedes says, you know what? We want to bring in Pierre Gasly, George Russell. You, you can do whatever. That would be, no, that would be a, no, be a no chance. <laughs> I, ref- I refuse to acknowledge that rumor. You heard it here first on the Yank Chef pod. Never, never Pierre, <laughs> Pierre Gasly to Mercedes. 2023 world champion for Mercedes, Pierre Gasly. <laughs> If you oh, speak, speak, enough, speak something enough into existence, people start to believe it's true. I, I just, in this case, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, I think, I, assuming Russell goes to Mercedes, the two Mercedes seats are locked up. Um, uh, two seats at Red Bull seem pretty locked up, um, despite another mistake from Checo. Um, it looks like he'll be back next year. Both McLaren seats, no reason to think that that either of them are going anywhere. Ferrari, yeah. they got their dudes. Um, it's just there's not really a, a good good seat open, like as, as far yeah, as no. the, the top teams. Sure, no. Ricardo's fresh off his uh, best result of the season. Yeah, P four for the Honey Badger. Good for him. Yeah, he so has moved into uh, eighth Despite place not, now. No real not, racing. Not, not actually place. racing. Um, still his best. His best weekend. His best complete. Most complete weekend he's put together all year. Despite the fact just, that he didn't do anything on Sunday. We're just looking. We're just locking in P four, and we're not really going into semantics for Ricardo. So we're just Ricardo fans. We're happy with the P four. Yeah, he's up up into eighth place. You know, I think that's that's pretty good. Um, also, we didn't really get into it earlier because um, you know it's it's not not too relevant right now. But Max did gain um, uh, five points on um, on Lewis this week, so he now trails Lewis by three points. Um, and then yeah, Red Bull also gained the same five points on Mercedes, so they trail by <laughs> uh, seven and a half now, um, I believe, on the um, the, the Mercedes. Um, just to get into that, um, McLaren broke their tie with with Ferrari they but they were they were stuck on 150 or 163 each and now McLaren's up okay so before we move on to the Dutch Grand Prix um quickly go through Rockstar of the week um or Rockstar of Saturday I guess um more like it um Lando Norris was looking like a shoe-in um until that unfortunate crash there um Pasto Rouge um so gotta gotta be George gotta be George Russell it's right. got to be George. Oh, yeah. yeah I agree. 100%. I agree with you, though. Lando was looking like a shoe-in. He was the fastest man yeah. out there. He, he really was. He was. Looking real quick until, you know, the car, until it got too quick, and the car just got out from under him, and just, you know, it's crazy how in a split second things can change like that. And it, it wasn't even really, like, on the main camera. I no. think it was, like, Martin Brundle, like, because he, he saw the angle he was taking into a rouge. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to say like he might have lost it, and then they cut to the the camera up up like behind Radeon, 
and you just don't see his car come up. And Brundle yeah. saying, oh, "I think I think he might have been losing it a little there," and then all of a sudden he's just whirly burden in there. Um, I mean, it's it's a you know we saw a lot of crashes there in the Formula W um, W series. Um, obviously, we had the Antoine Hubert incident a few years ago. I mean that that corner is has is you know given us a lot of yeah kind of dangerous yeah a lot of dangerous problems um, lately. I, I mean, I, I'm thankful that I mean that crash looked nasty. But hit hard, man. All the all the energy seemed to be like dissipated in the right in the right ways. Like it, yeah. he hit the car bounced off. It didn't. He he didn't absorb any of the contact. And then, yeah, it looks crazy when the car's spinning away like that with no tires. But you know that all that energy is going into that car just spinning away, kind yeah. of out of harm's way. Thank God no one was coming up behind him because with the spray they wouldn't have been able to see anything at all. Um, good moment seeing Sebastian Vettel um, come up and make sure he was okay because Vettel had been the one. Um, saying they should have red flagged the session um, because Le- Le- Leclerc was- almost lost control of his car during a qualifying at one point as well. No, it was gravel. yeah, it was it was nasty conditions, and we had a four-time world champion saying we shouldn't be doing this. This is too dangerous. And the the radio message um, with Vettel is is really interesting to listen to when they tell him, um, you know, be careful up ahead. Norris just had a nasty crash, and he says pretty much, "What did I?" And say i told you we shouldn't be we shouldn't be racing out here um and goes up and makes sure lando's okay lando like hops out of the car thankfully like it was like very clear yeah very clear yeah. gave gave uh, vettel the thumbs up um so you know thankfully that all that all worked out but he, he yeah he he was having a great weekend um so i kind of kind of feel for the guy um but not being able to race on sunday anyway it's not you know i don't yeah, think he no. missed out on much um, other than some points but he's he's gotten plenty of those this week uh this year um wanker of the week um, I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to Checo. Um, Max qualified on pole. Checo qualified seventh, and then he crashed. Like I know the conditions were terrible, but nobody else crashed on the way to the grid. He was the only one. You can't Anything not get you can't not get the car to the starting grid on a pro. Yeah. Like you, you can't no you. It's definitely Checo. That's yeah. I think this is the easiest rock star wanker we've yeah. had like all year. And there's not even like a second. <laughs> well, no one had a bad race, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good weekend when a when a team can fix major structural damage between warm ups and the actual race start. So yeah, um, Checo for sure. All right, moving on. Uh, a little preview of the Dutch Grand Prix um, this weekend. So apparently, this race existed from like the 1940s through 1985 more or less with like a few exceptions um then the company that that like operated the circuit went out of business in 1985 so they had to stop doing the race the city of zanfort owns the circuit the zanfort circuit but the company that operated it um went out of business and there were also some issues of like you know since the city council basically kind of operates it they people were sick of them building it into their backyards etc so they made some major renovations to it on that last race in 1985 was nikki lauda's last uh win in formula one um with alan prost finishing second and Ayrton senna finishing third what a lot not a not a bad podium right there yeah so <laughs> that's the last podium we got at zanford so if we're anywhere close to that i think we're we're in good good hands um 
it's I, I it was in last year's F1 game because they were supposed to race. They signed like a three year deal starting from 2020, but COVID canceled it. But it's been in the F1 game. So I've driven this circuit a lot in the game. I'm not a huge fan. Like, it seems like there aren't really a lot of overtaking chances. There are some like super, super banked corners, like NASCAR style, like oval style, um, where you can get like kind of a crazy angle coming out of the corner. Um, that'll be that'll be interesting, but I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 definitely not not my favorite circuit. I think, and no one knows because they haven't raced there in thirty five years. But I think it'll be a fairly processional affair. But I do think qualifying will be a heck of a show. Like if you can if you can tune in tune in on Saturday, free um, practice, all that yeah. stuff. Everyone feeling it out. It's definitely definitely seems to be a unique track and and. <clears throat> might not make for the most exciting racing, but for, for the Dutch contingent who have traveled so well, they've been at every race this season, supporting Max, yeah. supporting Red Bull. That long gonna, trek to Belgium, they deserve it. You know? Yeah, the, the orange, you know, it's going to be good to see them in, in their own element supporting. Um, A sea of orange smoke bombs. Exactly, you know? yeah, it's going to be cool to watch. I'm just I'm excited to have a race. Like after yeah. last week, that was just so upsetting. I just want to race. I don't care. Yeah, it's been over yeah. a month now. Like I'm just like I'm I'm like give me something that I can watch that isn't was actually exciting and you know not me just watching rain and hopefully they're coming back out soon. So anything anything that happens, I'm fine with. Um, I just want to race this big. We had yeah, we had like like all of the the rain dances that Formula One fans have done every week for like two years. Um, it all came to spa like all of it like it, it we used it all up there there is still looking like a slight chance of rain in uh, the netherlands this week but hopefully i mean as long as it's not that level um at least we can have a race um and I, again i'm i'm i love when they have to go to a new circuit where guys don't really know know what's going on and they kind of have to feel it out i know max like has driven the circuit a few last times. Year, exactly yeah. last yeah. year and we did yeah. imola last year too um, all those uh, replacement circuits, that was a lot of fun. And I think we're going to see kind of a lot of the same stuff. Max has only driven this circuit in like, he drove it in like a 2012 Red Bull. Like he's dri- been driving it in other cars, obviously, because he's not allowed to do it in, in this Red Bull. But like every promotional video that they've done for this race and this track obviously involves Max Verstappen. Um, so he maybe has a little more experience. I think Pierre Gasly said he drove it in like, uh, like Formula Renault 2 in like 2013. So <laughs> dude i don't know that's the <laughs> form that like formerly formula three like whatever it was i don't even know um so it's it just i don't know i i'm excited like ian said i'm excited to to just have have a race um there's some there's some good corners there i love the end there's a, like a long bank um going into like going into the 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 final straight there um i will butcher the name of this corner it is ari ludendijkbach Ari Ludendijk. I'll keep my eyes peeled. Um, other corners uh, at the uh, at uh, Zanford include Tausenbach, Harlenbacht, Hugenholzbacht, Hunserhug, and that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> trying to don't pronounce worry, Dutch don't worry. names. We're gonna, whenever you look, guys listen to this podcast, you can just skip past all that just gibberish that we just said for the last 90 no, seconds. Don't worry. Our, Be- our loyal Belgian listeners will know exactly what I was saying. Um, flawless accent there, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Ari Luton. <laughs> and I only knew that how to pronounce Dyke because of uh, Virgil van Dyke. Um, 
Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here in my Marco Van Basten jersey, just butchering Dutch words and <laughs> an iconic moment here on the Yankshaft pod. That's all. All we got for you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Yankshaft F1. Follow me on Twitter at Cbottoms underscore up. We will catch you guys after the Dutch Grand Prix this Sunday. That hopefully happens um, rain free. Maybe just a little bit of rain. Just a drizzle. <laughs>